Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason, and I'm in beautiful Wuhan, China. I'm originally from California and the U.S., and we are here today with Alex. Hi, everybody. This is Alex. I am from the northeast part of China, and I'm speaking to you from Beijing at this very moment. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Today's topic is cross-cultural diffusion. So basically, like, what ideas from China and stuff and from China has made its way to, like, elsewhere, the United States specifically, but elsewhere generally, and, like, what stuff that's popular in the U.S. Is, or in the West has, like, filtered into China? What, what, you know, what do people like on both sides, kind of? Or what has happened to stuff, and how has it changed when it's come over? So... I wanted to start with the obvious one, Chinese food. <laughs> this is really interesting. And I, I, everyone I talk to agrees that once Chinese food somehow made it into America, it's not Chinese food anymore. It's American Chinese food. Yeah. So like, what is this? Panda Express? Is that what it's called? And uh, Panda Express and P.F. Chang's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also just there's lots of mom right. and pop places. And, you know, what's really interesting is, OK, it says like mom and pop Hunan food. Yay. But it's if you go to Hunan, food's not like that. No. So who are the <laughs> who are these mom and pops? <laughs> is it the ingredients? Is that what it is? I don't understand. What, why is it so I different? Think the biggest uh, thing, first off, a, a huge disclaimer, regardless of how how like authentic these American Chinese food or Chinese American Chinese food is in the states? I do miss them. Sometimes. Mm, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Go to America. Chinese food in quotes. I love it. It's delicious. It's salty. It's wonderful. They have some dishes that I I've never seen here. I mean, I've seen some General Tso's chicken, but I've I've seen the same things too. You know, like they have kung pao chicken. You know, kung pao eating. You get that here. Yeah, it's very different. It's a little bit different. I, yeah, it's it's not very. You know, there's a, you, maybe you're right. I would argue otherwise. <laughs> there's a cliche though that yeah. expats only order that. There was that went around for a few years. We're like, oh, it's an expat. Get the kung, kung pao, pao chicken. chicken ready. <laughs> You'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. You can have some kung pao chicken, but like, <laughs> you're an expat. That's what you eat. But right? it is. It is. A lot of people do kind of get obsessed with it uh, expats living here but going back to what we're saying like the chinese american american chinese food in america that is so confusing how you actually say chinese food in america let's let's just say it that way yeah i don't know right chinese with quotation marks for sure yeah that's that um, sounds good that's fine because oh, i've great. seen or i have i've seen names of the food items on their menu and it's like beef with brown sauce chicken with brown sauce i'm like what is brown sauce it's how we cook like but they i feel like they simplify what it is because if you're really looking at you know the the ingredients mm. or the cooking method it's like it's like beef with uh with 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 garlic and scallion and we're gonna you know dabbled with soy sauce and cooking wine man you're making me hungry yes. alex <laughs> i mean it is getting to almost getting to that time of the day but you know i think the whole sauce thing it's like conforming chinese food and its cooking method to what people are used to 
in the U.S. Because, you know, the one thing, another thing that I also super missed when I was living in the U.S. was the food food trucks. And they're always mm, like, mm. they're always like, oh, white sauce or red sauce or whatever. I think this, this whole sauce thing became way too popular and easier for people to accept. And then all these mm. Chinese places just started not copying, but they're like, oh, let's do this. It's easier for us to kind of promote the food that we have. It's like chicken with brown sauce and, and fish with brown sauce, everything with brown sauce. change gear a little bit and talk about in a, a parallel i oftentimes hear from like latin folks that you know americans don't have mexican food and that yeah. it's like <laughs> tex-mex or cow-mex or however they want to describe it yeah and that it's like oh you don't a taco doesn't have all this stuff why does it have like you know 20 ingredients it's supposed to have like two or three ingredients americans basically they take food from around the world and there's not a lot of indigenous american food that people are like that's from america yeah even like the hamburgers like contested it's like <laughs> from somewhere in europe maybe apparently but so like americans just take other people's food and then they add all these <laughs> okay it would be good with this and that and this other thing and then they make it into their own and i mean i don't even know you know taco bell right yes when i was a kid taco bell served like burritos and tacos and like pintos with cheese and like that was it now it's like direct burrito like coated burritos with like i have no idea what's inside it's a crazy oh yeah i saw that or yeah no <laughs> i love no. taco bell i'm not complaining Chinese people have been living in the States for 150 years since like the railroad projects. And like a lot of people are fourth, fifth generation yeah. Chinese. They don't all work in restaurants, obviously. They're doctors and lawyers and all these things. But a lot of them still do cook. But their cooking has changed and it's become very different. I think so. I mean, I have a friend who just moved to, well, not America, but Canada to help his family set up their mm, mm. family restaurants. I knew some Chinese folks when I was in, in university in San Francisco, and there were actually some restaurants that they knew. And they were like, oh, we're going here. I was like, I know a Chinese place. No, you don't, Jason. And they would bring me to like these places. And I was like, what is this? This is very <laughs> different. This isn't Chinese food. And they're like, no, this is Chinese food. And when I came to China, it's like, Oh, okay. They were right. That was actually like, you know, so there are special places, you know, that you can go, but it's like in oh. the know kind of people like actually from China, first generation, they're here. They're like, try this. What? Try this. What? Try this. Yeah. Yes, okay. One thing that I just couldn't be impressed with was all of these. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Those places are good. But my friend was like super keen on taking me to these fusion places mm, mm, mm. it's like oh it's it's fusion uh chinese and mexican whoa <laughs> i want to go <laughs> yeah imagine like putting egg fried rice in a taco or something like that and then you know wow. like a tortilla i don't know i was like okay it it works but you know it's um mm, no and and i want to 
just speaking of fusion food, I just want to share a really quick little funny story mm-hmm. that we, we just heard last night. And our friend, and she's if she hears this, she's going to be, I hope she's not going to be mad. But she did this. <laughs> she her, We were talking about the most underwhelming meal that we've ever had in our lives. And mm-hmm. um, her daughter, who's 13, goes, oh, mom, you really, really? Like, that's okay. Remember that time when you opened the fridge and, and dad and I were still not up yet and you saw the leftovers in the fridge and you were like, huh, let me put everything in a blender <laughs> and, and, and heat it, it up and um, um, just put some cream on top of it and serve the soup to my beloved husband and my daughter. And they were like, that's the most, uh, it's not wow. disgusting, but I was like, but in a way, that's fusion. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is why fusion food just kind of like, I don't get super impressed with like these Asian fusion places, but they're super popular in the States. And most of them are really fancy as well. I was like, you're asking me to pay $16 for four dumplings? No, thank you. I don't care what sauce you put on top of it. No. I have a question. You know, I was talking about San Francisco. You lived on the East Coast. Yeah. Did you find you, you're first generation? You came from North from Dongbei and from like China and you went there. Did you find like which in quotations authentic Chinese food over there? I was actually able to in uh, uh, in, sh- in Boston, New York, and especially later in New York, flushing was super easy. It was really um, reminding me of home every time I go there. Mm-hmm. The only hard time that I had was in Charlotte, North Carolina. But even mm-hmm. there, there was a restaurant called, um, unsurprisingly, The Great Wall. Um, <laughs> and they were serving not exactly authentic uh chinese food but um it was the only thing that i had that's closest to you know what i could have other than that i actually try to become a chef for myself because i was i I was getting all of these ingredients and seasonings from this website um ship and just have stuff shipped to my house and i made um this is not going to make sense if you don't know the chinese name but you know the lamb spine hot pot the young lamb spine. Yeah. Yang xie no, I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a different translation, but you know, it's, it's a, a lamb hot pot. Basically I made the shui zhu yu, mm-hmm. the water boiled, uh, fish, you know, that spicy mm-hmm. thing at home. Mm-hmm. I made mm-hmm. da pan ji, big plate chicken, go like, of course, kung pao chicken, mapo tofu, all of these things. I made all of those, all of that, those dishes at home by myself. Cause there's nowhere else for me to go. And if I did like one person, like a meal for one person would cost me at least 40 or $50, sometimes $80 mm. with like delivery fee and all of that. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's, but other than that, Boston and New York were a lot easier, pricier, but easier. You actually remind me of myself when my first few years living in China, I was <laughs> always on the lookout for like buying right, the right cheddar and making like spaghetti at home. And st- I don't do that anymore. I don't know why, but I, I guess I've just like, acclimated more and now i'm just like eating chinese food like all the time but my first few years 
It was like constantly. How, yeah. how, how all the time? Oh, all the time. My boyfriend says this like he's like, yeah, I could eat Chinese food for like a month. And then like a day later, he's like, can we have pizza for dinner? So uh, what's. Oh, OK. OK. You're right. You're right. What's yeah. all the time? <laughs> I, I would say. 80 to 90% of my meals are Chinese, like food. And like, I do have, yes, like, just like your boyfriend, I, it's like a time to order pizza. Yes. <laughs> that's good enough. My wife is like, you're ordering pizza again? And like, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> so that's true. And she'll usually like have a piece or two. And then she's yeah, like, okay, same, yeah, it's same yours here. now. We're the same kind of people, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you know, that's not the only stuff. You know, food is not the only thing that's diffused. Well, actually, before we move on, maybe we should talk about what Western foods have like diffused into china you know let's talk about the opposite oh absolutely because they're like you go to sanley tune and there's like you know sorry for those who are listening sanley tune is like the neighborhood the happening place there's burger restaurants everywhere it's pretty authentic though yeah yeah no? yeah absolutely right they're, they're really good burgers. they have like burger festivals where like the the beijinger has like all these competitions for like who has the best burgers yeah. which i always find ridiculous why but it's like, fun i guess it's fun i don't know i feel feels sometimes weird being in China, like voting for the best burger. It's like I came to China ah, to experience a different culture. And suddenly, like my friends are begging me to vote for their, their favorite <laughs> burger restaurant. Like, did I just come here and continue living the same life? Or did I come well, here to like be in China? You know, look at it. Look at it as the 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 lion dance parade in China <laughs> for yeah. Chinese people living yeah, in the States. So. And then you'll feel better about it. But I feel like the the foreign cuisines, like if we're talking about foreign food, like for the restaurants mm. for foreign cuisines, I, I personally, I felt like they are still pretty mm -hmm, mm -hmm. authentic. There's some Italian places in Beijing that are really, really, you know, they they mm. provide you with really authentic flavors. Um, it's not like Chinese nights and stuff. It's usually in my memory and in my um uh in my knowledge system. It's usually the chain restaurants, the fast food restaurants that tend to do a little more, let's say, adaptation or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, localization of their of their food menu. Mm -hmm. And McDonald's and uh, uh KFC, which I believe were the first two foreign fast food restaurant chains that entered China in the early 90s, um, they have always been trying to do something that's more Chinese and make mm -hmm, sure the mm -hmm. menu is not completely uh, just the same with what they have in the in the United States. And those items are always, most of the time, pretty popular with Chinese people because it's a foreign brand, but mm. hey, the, it's still you know, speak to our taste buds. So that's, that's, that's pretty good. I was thinking about Taco Bell because they have one in Shanghai and they opened one recently in Beijing. Yeah. About, I don't know what, two years ago, three years ago. I went there to both of them because I'm a fan of like Taco Bell. I don't know why. Anyways, they don't have <laughs> beans. So what they've done is they've added more meat and rice. And like, so you order a burrito, there's no beans. How is a burrito, a burrito without beans? But you know, it's good because I like cheese and I'm like, yay, there's cheese and sauce and there's a yum. But like, it's a little peculiar to me that like Taco Bell, when I was a kid, it was beans. That's like the core component of what makes Taco Bell, Taco Bell. But now, hmm. now that's really interesting. Taco Bell, is Mex Americanized Mexican food yeah. comes over to China. It becomes cinified <laughs> American Mexican food. I'm just thinking if the Taco Bell's in China are really popular and they jump to like Mongolia or something. Right. And then what people, do we, what do we call that? <laughs> or, or rather people would, the, the question, the kind of question people would ask, like what kind of food is Taco Bell? And they're like, it's Mexican. No, but what kind of food is it really? 
Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's international, right? If it's just transforming one jump at a time, it's become hashtag just fusion. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the ultimate fusion. It's just going to the next. Anyways, yeah. I, maybe McDonald's is too to some extent because it's everywhere. It, it's it is global. And I, I've wanted right. to try different, uh, you know, McDonald items from different countries. Yeah, yeah. That would be a good adventure. Actually, I have a friend who does the opposite kind of. He goes to all the McDonald's and orders the same. Or the item. same thing. <laughs> yeah, because he wants to make sure. I'm just checking. Is it the same? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, what's the point then? <laughs> <laughs> just to prove myself right. A lot of other things besides food that diffuse. Uh, I actually have a list here of all the, you know, ancient kind of technologies yeah. that come from China and have diffused around the world to everywhere. Mm-hmm. So the compass, yeah, paper, printing, boat rudders, porcelain, the iron plow, seismography, silk, the crossbow, coffins. And gunpowder. Wow. Oh, I looked it up. So it's not like, you know, I, I found another website and I was like, okay, what, what's there? That's what's really interesting. So these are the things that have diffused from China. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I had this, I, I took history. That was what I studied in university. I had a professor, Dr. Getz, and he <laughs> was talking about like the whole world never really been isolated from itself and yeah. all kinds of technologies, wherever they came from in the history have always diffused around and stuff in Europe made its way East and stuff in China made its way West mm-hmm. and stuff in the Middle East kind of went every direction and like math and like, you know, to all kinds of technologies have always just sort of made their way around the world. Even though there's this, some, some people have a perception of like locked localities of, you know, culture, really things are constant. And really what is the belt and road? The original belt you know the original like west east belt where they were the silk road yeah was where everything was traded really facilitated a lot of that yeah i'm thinking for contemporary things more or less so i know this is not contemporary for china and it's a very big cliche <laughs> but kung fu you know <laughs> like yeah it's the biggest cliche we could probably think of but yeah it, it's very popular in the states not just chinese martial arts but korean martial arts and japanese martial arts eastern martial arts yeah, are really what's popular with in that? the united states <laughs> i'm not really sure i never i was never one of the people that did it i'm not really like yeah, a physical person i never person. put all that information together and, and it is everybody is trying to learn some kind of you know fighting technique this is in china Older people generally do Tai Chi, but my brother was like, oh, yeah, Tai Chi. You know, there's a movie from the 80s. I think it's called uh, Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. And it's like a kind of a, I don't know, rural area where Patrick Swayze goes to a bar and he becomes a bouncer and he's like a badass. And uh, he does Tai Chi like in the back behind a farm at one point. Everyone's like, oh, wow, he looks so cool. I think that really (laughs) actually touched on my brother's generation a lot. And a lot of young people because of this movie became really interested in Tai Chi. So he he was taking Tai Chi classes for a while with, you know, a Chinese martial art instructor. Uh This instructor, he did sword play. He didn't just do the slow motions. He does all the really fast Tai Chi and stuff, too. And so it's really interesting. In America, Tai Chi is looked at this very 
cool, very like foreign, but also like really interesting way of moving. And it's associated with Taoism and other stuff where like, I think in, in America, Taoism is like the yin yang yeah. symbol. And I'm not sure they understand anything else. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my guess. But you know, it's very, very popular. It's definitely diffused into the culture of young people in America. Like, yeah. And if, if you think about all of these, uh, a lot of my American friends are like, oh, you don't know those Kung Fu movies from Hong Kong in the 70s or the 80s. I was like, no, we don't. It's it's different. Um, mm, mm. Like the, our, the Kung Fu in our head that's worth huh. being put on TV is something different than this. Um, but if you think about these other successful, like really big hits, like the Karate Kid and, you know, all of those, those movies, um, I feel, I don't know why uh, American people are really drawn to exploring this different, very foreign, um, imported way of, of, of fighting. But for China, at least, I remember feeling, um, when I was in college, I would walk around because we did have mm. some foreign students, like exchange students in my university, but it wasn't that many people. It was like maybe two, three hundred. And that's really like wow. Everyone from different parts of the world, not just America. Yeah. Um, but I would go I would go to these like small little hole in the wall places in the back street of the university and I would walk by mm. some of the residential compounds like these little, you know, it's a it's a very unassuming space that you didn't think would be a teaching space. And you will see a group mm. of foreigners practicing <laughs> Tai Chi with just a, a Chinese grandpa. And I was like, you guys like people are really willing to put time into learning this my my one of my very dear friends who just left china um anna who's from she's not from uh the states but she's from germany she mm. signed up for a tai chi class and she was actually mm -hmm. trying to understand the philosophy of it and then she she took it for like a couple of months and one day we went to her place and she's like we were like anna can you do a demonstration and she's like but it's not about you know showing she's like how about i do this how about i get into the stance and you try to push my arm and one of the the male friends in the group mm -hmm. went up to her and started to try to push her arm and he was like he did this face he was like i can't mm. move her like and she's a smaller lady and he's like i can't move her at all and i tried it myself and <laughs> it's funny how i kind of felt that from a foreign friend and i was like my God, mm, this mm, part of my culture mm. is so powerful and pun intended. My wife, actually, she took some classes for a little while in Beijing. Yeah. They we're not teaching her, you know, like when you look outside in China in the morning, you see all the old older people doing the really slow motion. Like they have the whole loop where they go through the series of they were not showing her that at all. Instead, they were showing her like one thing. She'd go in for a lesson one or two hours and they were just like how to push this one way. Okay, just gonna push this way for an hour. It, it was very different than I what I yeah, had. I mean, the whole thing about so. that is being slow and patient and use your chi. <laughs> I guess I've never taken a tai chi class. I haven't either. I, I want to. You know, I just that's early. <laughs> <laughs> we should, okay, yeah. so we should do an uh, when you when you do come back to Beijing and if you do decide to do an episode, if you're doing a vlog, we should try go try it together. It would be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be very entertaining for some of my viewers. You know, okay. So let's reverse that a little bit. 
boxing. You know, boxing, I don't know where it comes from. I guess Ireland, just guessing. Sorry if, if, if someone knows where it really came from and they're like, no, it's not from Ireland. Yeah, let us know. But, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, let us know. It, it's very popular in the States and has been for a long time, for like a couple hundred years at least. And, you know, that's something actually you see in China now. Boxing has diffused over. I went to a boxing match in um, Beijing and I watched my friend Fanto knock the daylights out of his <laughs> opponent and i felt bad i was like oh my gosh you good job my friend is that other guy okay now <laughs> i know but you know it was there was like hundreds of people in this gym watching these well, actually it was like a series of fights my my friend was just in yeah, the final fight i can't watch it it's too <laughs> it's brutal it's brutal I, man yeah, i can't wow. like it's not my cup of tea but but i did try a boxing class once because boxing right now it's super i guess i guess the whole fitness trend here kind of follows uh suit of what's popular in the states and um, and boxing mm. was one of those things that got really popular popular in recent years and a lot of girls and there are a lot of girls who try to who who box regularly and mm. I, I want to try a class for free and it was a it was a Chinese coach he's very very good and I I will say that it is the most physically demanding thing I've ever done but it was mm. also very I kind of brought out a lot of <laughs> my anger um mm. but it wasn't like you know, one of those, uh, I wouldn't call it therapeutic. It's a weird, it's a weird experience. And I got a bruise on my knuckle because I didn't tie the, mm. the boxing band correctly. Um, oh. but when I saw the bruise afterwards, I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so caveman like <laughs> kind of, kind huh. of, you know, you say, uh, I don't mean to take any, uh, I have any disrespect for boxers. I've never boxed, but like you say it's a fitness trend, but you can hurt yourself like your head and things, right? You can get a concussion potentially or something, can't you? Or get your teeth knocked out. That's even worse. <laughs> I guess they have the teeth guard for that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I've never done it. It looks really scary. It's not the kind of thing I would do because I'm too uh, hmm, safe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if safe's the right word because I love cycling. I cycle like crazy. Yeah. And I, I you know, literally like crazy. I think I probably have an accident on the way. <laughs> don't say that. Knock on something. I'm knocking on wood. Oh, for I don't you. have anything. I just did. I've got some pl plaster here. <laughs> I just knocked on the wood drawer that we have. Thank you. Thank you. There thank you go. I was going to say ping pong, another cliche, but you know, it's real. A lot of Americans like ping pong, you know, oh. it's really interesting. Hmm. I always knew about ping pong and I was, I tried it in high school because it was part of PE, you know, okay, it's badminton time. Okay. It's soccer time. Oh, it's ping pong time. Your coach or, or your gym instructors always trying to show you some new sports you've never heard of before. But like I came to uh, China and every, what we call Shao Chu, these communities, they have like installed ping pong tables so that if you want to go yeah. play ping pong, all you have to do is go downstairs with a partner and you're ready uh -huh. to go. You know, that's really interesting. What was your experience in Dongbei in the northeast of China and ping pong is popular there too? Uh, it's popular. Well, I can't say everywhere. I haven't been to every part of China, but I think it's like overall 
the most popular sports in China, and a lot of people know how to. My parents, both of my parents, know how to play it. Um, not they're not experts, but they could have a game. We actually had a PE class as well, where we were taught how to play ping pong, and but very briefly. And you're talking to probably one of the very few Chinese people that you know who don't know how to play ping pong. And when I say I'm very bad at it, I'm I am very bad at it. I don't think I could have a like a a, a what do you call those things? What do you call that exercise when you're just kind of going? No one is attacking, no one is defending, but you're just going back and forth. I don't think I could I'm have volleying. I guess yeah, yeah, I do that with tennis. I love to play tennis. But with a partner who is also not committed to winning, <laughs> and we just deliberately hit the ball to each other so that we can have the opportunity to hit it back, you know? I think it's called volleying. I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I need to look it Rall- up. Rallying? Rallying? I don't, know. I don't know. We both need to look it up. But I, I can't I can't play ping pong. And But my company does have um, a ping pong room, and I've always, I always hear people... When I go work out during lunch hours, when I'm when I'm on my way out, I always hear there will be like a group of uh, four or five people just playing ping pong, and they sound like they're having a very lovely time. And I was like, I can't mm. be part of that fun. What a shame. I have a friend. He lives in uh, Beijing. Uh, I think he works for the same company that you work for, actually, uh, probably in a very different department. But um, he is like really like, oh, my gosh, ping pong. I was like holding it. I was like, yay, this is it, right? No. He's <laughs> like, no, you have to hold it like this. And then like you have to hit it on this side and that side. And there's like a way to like and make spin the, ball. the ball. Yeah, spin <laughs> the ball and make the ball have arcs and stuff. It is like a, yeah. a whole like other universe when you get deep into ping pong. Well, I guess it's called in the West technically table tennis, but whatever. Yeah. Ping pong. And like it is a whole like science or something of course but like speaking of this kind of sport being uh popular overseas i had some american friends who were at my college my college of course and we had i think we had like 10 ping pong tables outside and they were like oh alex let's go play ping pong i'm like yeah sure i'll like i said i'm very i'm very bad at it they're like we know this whole chinese people being humble kind of culture i'm like no i'm really not being humble they're like no alex there's no way that you don't know how to play it you're in college you're a chinese person <laughs> and now they're like let's play and they're like stop being humble I, I we know what you're doing i'm like if you don't believe me all right play with me and then Two seconds later, they were like, okay, I guess you were not being humble. <laughs> well, you know, it's never too late. It might be. It might be. 